Let's stay with politics because Cabinet meets for the first time this year today and the government, of course, has just fewer than 50 days to complete that 100-day plan. Uh, items in that plan included stopping all work on Hepuapua and repealing the controversial Three Waters reforms. Prime Minister Christopher Luxon confirmed in Christchurch last week the government had until the 8th of March to tick off all 49 policies listed in that 100-day plan. Uh, we're joined now by Massey University Professor of Politics, Richard Shaw. Good morning, Richard. Morning, Nicole. How are you? I wonder if we just pick up from where Ingrid just left off there uh, on the issue of the funding uh, requirement cuts for the clerk of the House. And just, I guess this highlights a, a wider tension that we're going to see over the short term, I guess, where the government is looking to make significant cuts across the public service, it's got to pay for tax cuts, it has got to try and keep inflation under control as well, so it doesn't want to borrow. And we're seeing that come to the surface, aren't we? Uh, we are. There's a, maybe a slight distinction when it comes to the office of the clerk of the House, because that's not part of the core public service that's got its own piece of legislation. Um, that's part of the legislative branch of government, which is uh, part of the reason why there are concerns being raised. Sure, but um, it highlights, doesn't it, that that is going that the the need for savings is having to go wider. Yes, uh, the, the government. I mean, whether or not there is a demonstrable need for savings and quite where those savings f- should come from, those are matters that possibly haven't yet been traversed fully in the public domain. But the government has made a virtue of the fact that it will be reducing 6.5% across 21 government departments. The Office of the Clerk was not originally on that list, as I understand it. But that will that comes with certain questions, I think, about the capacity, the ongoing capacity of the public service to do its constitutional role, which is to provide advice to the government today. Ministers are clearly not obliged to accept that advice. Um, but you would want to at some point ask questions about the uh, the health of your democratic institutions if their capacity to provide professional, free and frank and fearless advice is somehow being constrained by budget cuts. And I, and I think one of the legitimate questions that might be asked is the extent to which there is a case for those cuts and quite where those cases, where those cuts are being made. It's one thing to assert the need for cuts, but another to demonstrate quite where they should be made. It's pretty clear the opposition will obviously be asking a lot of those questions, as will the media. But I wonder whether the, whether the government will be more, well, slightly more comfortable dealing with any criticism in that area uh, than it will perhaps potentially on the other big area that is dominating things at sure. the moment, and that is around race relations. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely no doubt. Given given most members of the public's um, sort of orthodox views about the public service, there is, there is often an assumption in this country that there is excess capacity in the public service. There's often not a case made for that. It's just one of the assumptions that people have. Um, it's generally unfounded, would be my sense. But but people would be far happier talking about that if you're on the government benches and you would be talking about a division within the government where you have the, recently the Minister of Māori Affairs taking a position on the constitutional status of the Treaty of Waitangi, which has not that been taken by uh, the ACT Party. So that, that potential for division and for tension that needs to be managed within the government would be a much less palatable conversation, I would imagine, for the Prime Minister to be having at the post-Cabinet stand-up this afternoon than would be the prospect of cuts in the public service. Yeah, that was probably only uh, further inflamed a little bit today too because Nicola Willis on First Up this morning was uh, spoke about the partnership, the idea or, or, or the treaty being akin to a partnership and how the, the work in the, of the, the legislature... Uh, the, the judiciary, uh, the Waitangi Tribunal over many years to interpret that p- partnership uh, through principles, obviously, and that type of thing, that is quite starkly different than uh, David Seymour yesterday, who, who on Midday Report said he doesn't believe it's a partnership.
And I think it's not insignificant that you have the Minister of Finance, who's a senior member of the Cabinet, taking one position, which is the orthodox position, and it's been taken by governments of the centre-left and, and the centre-right for 40 years now. And the next Deputy Prime Minister of the country taking a very difficult position, a very different position. So uh, that, I think, becomes the biggest thing uh, on the new Prime Minister's list of things needing managing and risks needing managing is quite what you do when you have, a, when you have what is a constitutional difference of opinion amongst senior members of your administration. We've got a three-party government. It's not a thing we've ever had before. It's a really interesting thing. Many of us looking forward to seeing how that goes. But the government, government can only ever speak with one voice. We only have one government, no matter how many parties provide support to it or com- constitute it. So this is this has already become an issue for, for the new How parties. does Christopher Luxon deal with that then? Uh, he has to allow David Seymour to continue to make the argument because he's allowed it to go to select committee, this bill. Uh, gonna, we're going to have this debate, and David Seymour certainly seems very keen in interviews and on social media of pushing his case very strongly. He's not going to back yeah. away from that. So how does yeah. how does the Prime Minister deal with it? One of the things that we've evolved over the years of multi-party governments is something called selective collective responsibility. So we make provisions within the, the conventional rules by which Cabinet operates, whereby one party to the government, and typically a minor party, can make an issue, can nominate an issue to be one in which they disagree with other partners to the government. And this looks like it's heading in that particular direction. I think what the Prime Minister has done so far is, is, is perhaps bought himself some time because he has not committed to supporting that legislation past select committee. But he hasn't said he won't support it. We don't know what the National Party part or the government's position is on that legislation because it's not at select committee. So he's kicked that can down the road. That will work for a certain period of time, but it will be government legislation, and this, this is a government initiative. Quite where it goes from here, I think, will be something for the coalition to negotiate, but I would imagine that that would be uh, top of the list of things being discussed at Cabinet today. And just finally, you would expect uh, a lot of pressure on Mr Luxon at Waitangi in particular, obviously Ratna this week, but Waitangi where there will be the big spotlight. Yes, yes, absolutely. He 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 was not at Narawahia. Uh, he came for some criticism for that. He will be at Rātara and he certainly will be at, at Waitangi. So Waitangi will be a really significant moment there. Uh, it's in Ngāpui. Ngāpui were not part of Kingitanga, but they came down to Narawahia over the weekend as part of Kingitahetia's initiative of, of national unity. I would imagine that this will be a very different Waitangi to the ones that we've experienced over the last four or five years. But the Prime Minister's performance, the way in which he comports and conducts himself, the way in which the government more generally comports and conducts itself, and the extent to which there is discipline across the parties within government up and around Waitangi will be a really crucial barometer of how the rest of the year might play out. Richard Shaw, thank you very much. Professor of Politics at Massey University. It's eight minutes to eight.